Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog over at aslobcomesclean.com. That is where I share my personal deslobification process as I figure out ways to keep my own home under control. I share the truth about cleaning and organizing strategies that actually work in real life for real people who don't love cleaning and organizing. Thanks for joining me today. This is podcast number 138 and this is my one year report on having hired someone to clean my house. Um, yeah, so I had a podcast right around a year ago where I talked about kind of my very first experience with that. Um, it's been a year and I think it's worth talking about. Um, okay, so but before we get to that, I just want to remind you that I would love it if you became a patron of the show. That is a way for you to keep us going on all the things that go on around here. Um, This is my job. So (laughs) and this podcast is completely and totally free. So it you know, this is not something I want people to do unless you just want to. So of it as an opportunity. Anyway, but for those who are patrons, I do have a private secret exclusive um, Facebook group. It's a perk of being a patron. So um, anyway, if you would like to find out more about that, go to patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash a slob comes clean. Okay. And I'm going to talk to you about something at the very end that is just something I totally need your help on. So if you are like, and it doesn't cost any money or anything. But um, if you are somebody who's like, oh, I just wish I could help Dana do something, um, you're going to have your chance. And I'll talk to you about it at the end. Anyway. Okay. So it's been a year. I know for sure that it has been a year because um, the reason I started hiring someone to help me clean the house, it had always been a dream. And it always been a goal. I told my husband probably kind of when I first started turning what I was doing into an actual job, like I could justify doing this instead of, you know, substitute teaching. Um, I told my husband, I said, Hey, when I get to X amount of money per month that I feel like I can depend on, one of the things I want to do is hire somebody to help me clean my house. And he looked at me like I was crazy and said, um, can you do that when you write about what you write about? <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, cause I'll just write about it anyway. So, um, I have written about it. I've been very honest and I want to always be honest with y'all and tell you how this goes. But, um, I remember that it was a year ago because I had always wanted to do it, but had put it off and put it off and put it off even after I was at the point where I felt like financially I could justify it um, because of what I hear from a whole lot of people, which is, oh, well, you know, I feel like I'd have to really get my house to a point, <laughs> to a certain point before I could even do that, uh, which is totally, completely true. Like that's true. It absolutely is true. And, and I needed to get my house, you know, to a point where I felt like it would be something that was realistic that I could do. Well, even when I, you know, got that done, well, then there's the matter of finding someone. And then there's the matter of actually putting it on the schedule. So even if the house is to a point where I can realistically get it together for somebody like that all the time, which I think I've been there for quite a while. Um, 
even before I started last year. But then there's also the actually finding somebody, putting it on the calendar, and making the house ready for them to come before that actually happens. I hope that made any sense. Anyway, there's coordinating going on. But last year, it was my son's birthday. Um, several things all kind of coincided. I think I like recorded my audio book, um, which is how to manage your home without losing your mind. Uh, I think I recorded the audio book. I did videos of um, like trailer for the book. Like I did all this different stuff in the week that was also my son's um, birthday. And my kids have birthday parties every other year. Um, I'm sure that'll kind of shift and change a little bit as they get older. I know that did with me when I was, my mom did the same thing with us when I was a kid. And then it kind of changed up a little bit when I was a teenager. But um, so it was his year to have a, a birthday party. He was having a slumber party at our house. And I had an insane and crazy week. And the whole summer before that, I had been telling, like I had been working toward feeling like I could have somebody come in and clean and have every room of my house open. Like that was my goal. Well, I made it happen that week. Like I found somebody that someone else had recommended. A friend had said, I absolutely love this person. I texted them to see if they were available, thinking that if they said no, because my friend was pretty sure they weren't available, but I decided, you know what, I'm going to text them. That's how, you know, I'm at this point where I really, really desperately need it this week. And I said, if, if they don't have any room for me in their schedule, then I will ask them if they know someone else, you know, like that, that's where I was. So I got it all scheduled and I would just, I just remember it being that week of his birthday party. Well, he turned 14 this week. And so I know it has actually been one year. So this is a good time to talk about it. All right. I'm going to talk about what it is to have somebody um, come in and clean your house and what it isn't. Because here, here's what I know for a fact. Even though I feel like I'm a pretty realistic person, I also suffer from some pretty severe delusions sometimes. And I used to, especially, um, it's a dream. Like it's a dream to say, well, if I could just hire, if I could go afford a maid, (laughs) I mean, that's just kind of what people like us say. I mean, you know, it's the dream. It's like, well, you know, this, that, this, that, this, that it's so hard, blah, blah, blah. If I could just afford a maid. Well, I think a lot of us think about Alice on the Brady Bunch when we think about a maid. I have no idea how the Brady's were able to afford Alice. We all know that, right? I mean, she lived in their house and she did everything. So she was the full time, everything, the mom, the, the cook, the, I mean, she did it all. And so I think, you know, what we really need to say, and I'm totally fine saying, I just need an Alice. Absolutely. I need an Alice. But to think that somebody who hires somebody to come in, and I I am surprised at how many people I do know that do have somebody come in and clean their house. Most of the people I know, it's every other week. And that's what I've been doing. But when I equate, okay, what most people actually do have somebody come in every other week with 
having a maid that's going to solve all of my problems and I'll never have to clean or worry about any of this stuff again. They're just not the same thing. We're not talking about the same thing. You know, it's not Alice basically. Um, so I know that mentality of, well, it would all be easy if I just had somebody to clean. So I'm going to tell you what it's actually like. And I'm going to tell you what it's like from somebody with my, um, slob tendencies that I have. Um, and anyway, okay, here's what it is. This is the number one thing that it is for me. Motivation and a deadline. I pick up my house and keep up with daily stuff more because I have somebody come in and clean every other week. Okay. I feel pressured to do more than I ever felt the need to do or the pressure to do before I hired someone to come in every other week and clean. Okay. So it is honestly, as far as like what you're, what I'm actually having to do consistently in my home, I do more than I used to. Okay. And then let me explain why that is. Okay. Cause I, I hear a lot of people say like, I don't want to do that. Cause I would just, <laughs> I would just clean before she comes. I'm like, yeah, exactly. It makes me clean before she comes. Now I have other podcasts and I have different, you know, blog posts and all that kind of stuff on the difference between picking up and cleaning and why it is that some people who say, Oh, I never clean their houses always look great. It's because they're doing the daily stuff. They may not be doing the deep, you know, back of the closet, blah, blah, blah. Not that I ever let my lady go in the back of the closet. Honestly, I'll talk about that in a minute, but that's not what they're talking about. Okay. They're talking about actual cleaning, cleaning, not the picking up and then the cleaning. So because she's coming on a Thursday morning, I have to have the house picked up. So I start thinking, uh, you know, I kind of live my normal life trying to keep up with the basics of running the dishwasher because I know that that's what works and blah, blah, blah. And I've written a book about it and all that kind of stuff. Um, I keep up with that day to day, blah, blah, blah. But it's still, you know, it's like, oh, okay, that keeps it from getting crazy, but it's not great. But those about three days before she comes, so kind of Tuesday, Wednesday, sometimes I'll start thinking about it on Monday. I'm like, Ooh, I got to make sure I am completely on top of everything because I don't want to get to the point where I am stuck on Thursday morning, running around like a crazy person trying to get everything ready for her. Okay. Because it has to be ready for her. So things that we do before she comes and my kids know this, the whole house has to be picked up. I mean, like every surface. Now, is it perfect? Oh my goodness. No. Has she figured out? Sometimes I think she's probably given up on certain like surfaces in my house. Cause she's like, yeah, that's not even something I'm going to worry about ever. Um, it has, I'll talk about this in a minute, but it has been way worse over the summer where things have been crazy. Um, but yeah, we like surfaces, floors, floors are completely picked up. Surfaces are picked up. Um, you know, bathroom counters. I mean, you know, we go through, we, you know, pull out the things that are ruined or whatever at this point. You know, I mean, there's just, it's just the, there's a, a very thorough picking up 
has to be done. Now, for somebody who used to think that picking up was cleaning, of course, it absolutely feels like I'm cleaning before she comes. But it's partly because I don't want to pay for her to do that stuff. That's not the, I mean, that's honestly stuff when she does, when there are things in random places, because there usually are, because we are us, um, she put, takes those things and puts them in a pile, you know, so like I'll go in and there'll be like a little pile on the coffee table of just random things she found in random places. And the reason for that is those are things that we've missed, but she doesn't know what to do with those. She's not Alice. Okay. She's here to clean. And so because this isn't her home where she knows the first place we would look for things, blah, 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 whatever. She, she doesn't talk like that, I promise. But anyway, but she puts those in a pile. Well, that means if we left everything just in a total huge disaster, there'd be a big old pile in the middle of the room. You know, I mean, like if we didn't pick up, it would be a whole lot of really big piles because that's not what she's here to do because that's not what, I mean, that, that's not cleaning you know, unfortunately that's not cleaning. So the other thing too, is I am motivated to do this because I don't want her spending the time that she's here. And honestly, you know, I know there are different ways of doing it. Um, I love it when, um, some of my readers who are house cleaners themselves will give input and stuff like on a Facebook post or something like that, just kind of sharing how they do things. But, um, basically Some do a, you know, I'll clean this big of a house for this amount of money or, you know, and then sometimes it'll be a team that comes in. So they get it done faster, but they make the same amount of money. And then there's some people who do it by the hour or whatever, whatever it is. I don't really know. We just have a set amount that we do. And then she does the house. I don't want her washing dishes. Like that is the thing that makes me feel like the top of my head is going to like explode completely and hit the ceiling. Like I cannot stand for there to be any dirty dishes sitting out. Okay. Because she'll wash them. And when she washes them, I think that is energy and effort and time that didn't go into something that, you know, actually matters because I'm going to get the dishes done. So that is my thing. I've had a couple times where I wasn't necessarily around, and my family just had to do some things and she has done some dishes for us and you know, it's life and it's fine and it happens, but that is my personal pet peeve. But, but what a great motivation for me, for someone who struggles in this area anyway, for me to have every last dish done and put away and, you know, not out where she's going to mistake it as a dirty dish and go wash it or whatever. That is great motivation for me. Okay. And it also, means that I really work toward having that perfect momentum so that on Thursday morning, everything is perfect. It's just an empty the dishwasher, put a few things in the empty dishwasher that were, you know, dirty for breakfast or whatever. And then I'm done, you know, with that, like, I don't want to be stuck doing those menial daily things that build up when they don't happen daily. And this is great motivation to make that happen. Okay. Um, it's a biweekly deadline. Okay. Um, I honestly, I have talked a lot about this before. I am a huge fan. And obviously I'm going to talk about the financial aspect of it later in the podcast, but, and so I know it's, it's just not even an option. It for many, many years, it was not an option for me. Um, 
or for, you know, 42 years. That was not an option for me. Um, but you know, having some deadline, creating a deadline for myself always helped. Sometimes it was, Hey guys, I'm going to host a play date on, you know, in a month. And then that would make me go, okay, I've got a month to clean my house. Or I've talked a lot in the past about up until about a year and a half ago, maybe my husband and I, or maybe two years hosted a weekly group, small group for our church in our home. That was wonderful motivation, wonderful motivation. Okay. We stopped doing that and it was harder because I did not have that external motivation, that deadline. I just, as much as I say, I don't like deadlines. I work really well with them. And so having, knowing that the doorbell is going to ring is a deadline and it helps me to be thorough and see the things that I don't see when I'm just living my normal life. You know, it clears my slob vision. So this is a way that I'm able um, to have that deadline, even though we don't host that same home group because just the circumstances and situation changed. Um, this is a deadline. And even though this one's biweekly instead of um, weekly, it actually is a more thorough deadline because I was able to close the bedroom doors and kind of corral people just to certain three rooms, you know, four rooms, I guess. Um, but you know, just keep, keep people in a certain place. And those were the spaces that I felt like I needed to, um, get, you know, picked up and ready for people to come over, which meant that a lot of times my children would get away with, cause I didn't care. Cause I was already trying to get things together. Um, throwing stuff into the rooms that people weren't going to see, just throw it in there, throw it in there. But when she's coming. Yes, it's only every other week, but I am motivated to make sure that she can get to everything. Like those kids floors better be completely picked up. And, you know, I want her to be able to get to every space in my house. Does she always? Um, no. And I'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but that, that thing, here's what it, it does. She does the deep cleaning. She does the stuff that I used to put on my weekly cleaning tasks. Okay. So that's what I talk about in my book. And this is how I made it work for many, many, many years when I didn't have somebody coming in and cleaning. Um, but you know, I would do, well, I still do laundry on Mondays and then I would do, cause she doesn't do laundry. And I would do, um, bathrooms on Tuesdays, errands on Wednesdays, Thursdays was mopping, and Fridays was dusting and vacuuming. And it was a way, not that I always did it every single week, you know, perfectly, but it was a way for me to go, Oh, I need, no, I need to do something. Which, Oh, it's Thursday. Okay. I'll mop and I'll, um, you know, work in the kitchen. Uh, you know, it's Friday. I'll dust and I'll vacuum. And if I would do that and when I was, you know, keeping up with it, then the the whole house would get pretty much cleaned every week. Or if I missed a couple of weeks, I, my time passage awareness disorder was so much better because I was able to go, it's been three, okay, four Tuesdays since I cleaned the bathroom. You know, I've got to go do that instead of just having this vague feeling that I remember cleaning the bathroom. And if I remember it, it was probably pretty recent and then realizing, oh no, it had been a lot longer. 
longer than four weeks. Anyway, so she does that kind of cleaning. That's all she does. I mean, she doesn't declutter. She, I don't want her doing any of my daily stuff. I don't want her doing, you know, five minute pickups, which would take her a lot longer. Um, she wouldn't know where anything went. Um, I don't want her doing dishes. I don't want her, you know, having to, you know, do a major, major sweep of the floor. I want that to be pretty much done. You know, all those kinds of things that I want done daily, I don't want her doing. So she's just doing that deep cleaning. Is it awesome to know that that is done? Oh my word. Yes. Oh my goodness. It's great. Okay. Because I know that those things have been done. But I wrote a post when I very first started. I think I was cleaning out a drawer and I found this cleaning schedule that I had gotten. It was a printable or something that someone had passed out at a mom's group meeting that I went to. And I remembered this person talking and I remember just being baffled the whole time she talked. I did not understand, which if you are baffled right now about what I'm talking about, this whole difference between the cleaning and the daily stuff and read my book. Okay. That's where I explain it all. It's also blog podcasts, all that, but read the book that lays it out and will explain to you completely. But I remember this lady saying something about mini maintenance and how a house can survive for a really long time on mini maintenance. And I found this cleaning schedule in the drawer and I remembered this and this was early, early on. And I remember thinking to myself, I think I have, I think the post is called mini maintenance question mark. Not yet. Like, uh huh. Yeah. That won't make any difference right now. I was wrong. I was completely wrong about that. Okay. Because the fact that she comes and does the bathtubs and the toilets and the shower and she mops the kitchen floor, but she mops the kitchen floor first, not in the opposite order. So thankfully, um, you know, she vacuums, she, um, you know, does all that kind of dusts and all that kind of stuff. It makes my house look amazingly clean the moment that she walks out. But the moment that my family walks in and goes back to living here, it's truly amazing how the house goes back to not looking like it's clean. It's worth it to me to know that it's clean and to know that we just, you know, pick up our stuff and it's clean underneath, you know, so that if we had a party, we'd be great. But the fact that it is the mini maintenance, you know, that stuff I don't want her doing because it's not what I want to pay her money to do because then she wouldn't have time to do the deep cleaning I want her to do. That stuff is the stuff that makes your house look clean. So this lady who gave us this schedule in a mom's group years and years ago, even though I didn't understand what she was talking about, she was right. A house can survive a really long time on mini maintenance, meaning it's the daily stuff that make a house at first glance look clean. Now, if the house looks great and you walk in and then you go and there's a major ring around the bathtub, well, that's a different story. But I would focus on the ring around the bathtub, you know, pre-deslobification process. I would focus on the ring around the bathtub and miss the fact that there were clothes strewn across the floor and um, laundry piled up in a pile on the love seat and dishes piled up in the sink and somebody walking in, who cares if there's no ring around the bathtub? The house was a disaster. Okay. So 
I, I mean, I've said it in a million different ways. I go through it very detailed in the book, but it's the daily stuff that makes your house look like it's clean and makes it under control. That's kind of that difference of she can come in every two weeks. I could, you know, shovel everything into closets, let her come in and then pull that stuff back out and just keep living our normal life without daily stuff. And it could be clean underneath that and still be like quarters on top of it. I mean, I mean, you know, that's, that's the truth about how all these things work together. I hope I'm not being too confusing, but, um, along those lines, as I transition into what it isn't, um, I'm going to give you a master bedroom report. So we know that my master bedroom, when I say we, I say people who've listened to this or read my blog or anything. Master bedroom is my biggest struggle because it is the space where I can throw things. Um, when I first had her come, I remember marking my daughter's bedroom, my bedroom, and it seems like something else that I put these little signs on there. And I told her, don't clean in those spaces because they were just too bad. I, I couldn't, I couldn't let her in there. So it took a couple of months, I think of me really tr- going, I've got to get my bedroom under control because my whole goal was I want her to vacuum and especially to get into my master bathroom and get that clean for me. So I, you know, getting my master bedroom decluttered was the goal space for me. Like that's going to be it for me. That's going to be the the big thing. Um, but the truth is, you know, I did it and I love it. Like when she can get into the master bedroom, I'm as happy as I can be, but it's the room that she knows to ask about. I would say over the course of the year, probably two thirds of the times that she's been here, it's been ready for her to go into. And it did great for, you know, it took me a little while to kind of get going. It did great for a while. And then basically this summer, I I don't think she got into it all summer, you know, and there have been times where I just, I've finally, because she's been here long enough, I know she's seen inside of it. I'm just like, just um, walk through and go clean the master bedroom, please. I'm a master bathroom, please. You know, um, just because it was just, I just couldn't do it. You know, life was happening. I gave my, and I know, couldn't, blah, 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 excuses, whatever. I get it. I get it. But um, even when she couldn't get into the master bedroom, I was still glad and thankful that she came. Okay. My kids' rooms have stayed better than mine <laughs> because, you know, I'm the whole house. Where does it go? Stick it in mom's room. Um, blah. Anyway, but I remember being at the pool this summer. And uh, something came up and something about, you know, me having somebody come and clean. And these two friends were both like, what do you do about your bedroom? Like that was their panic point too. So I know it's not just me. Um, but they also, you know, may have been saying, what do you do about your bedroom? Cause we know your bedroom because your blog is really bad. But, um, you know, and I just explain it, it motivates me to clean this space that I find it very hard to be motivated to work on. Okay. Um, it also, um, you know, I I mean, it's worth it even when this one isn't done. And my, my kids rooms have, it has helped them so much 
so much. My boys, you know, they're old enough now. They don't necessarily do a lot in their room. And so, you know, it's, it's easier for their stuff to just kind of stay. And then they have to pick up the clothes off the floor and all that kind of stuff. But my daughter has really just, she told me probably a couple months ago, she said, mom, I just love it when she comes. And she has really started, she's realized how much she loves it when the room just looks so, so nice. And so she has, because it's been a more consistent thing for her, she's really worked on her own room. Okay. And she is doing so much better at keeping things better and under control and she can get it back under control so much more easily. Um, a lot of that is because of all the decluttering we've done over the years, but anyway, okay, here's another thing. Here's something that it isn't, it isn't convenient. It sounds like a dream, but you know, most people, when they say things like, oh, I'd have to clean or, oh, I'd have to get the house to a certain point. Yes, that's true. And I have to do that every two weeks and life happens. And, you know, she comes on Thursday morning and Wednesday night we have church and it's crazy and we're going seven different places and it's, it's not convenient, but it's still worth it. Okay. And I almost think because it's not convenient, that just reminds me how if she wasn't coming, I'd be like, oh, it's not convenient to get my house perfect. So this is my excuse. All right. So it, it's, it's great motivation, but no, it's not convenient. Sometimes in the summer, who it kind of made me crazy. I mean, like crazy. <laughs> there were times over the summer where I'd be like, oh, that's right. That's tomorrow. But kind of like, you know, anything that you do in life that you're, you just say, well, I'm going to put up with the inconvenience because I know that the payoff is so great. I would do whatever I had to do to make it happen. But I know there was one time where I took, um, I dropped the boys off at the movie theater because they're, you know, teenagers. And I took my daughter and her two friends who spent the night to the, um, park and we found a park with the most shade that we could because, you know, it's Texas and it's hot. And I was just like, well, we have to get out of the house, you know, so that she can do what she needs to do. Now I'm here on a normal day when, you know, during the school year when she's here. But, um, you know, I, I just said that there were times, there was at least one time over the summer where I said, you kids just have to go hang out in my bedroom. I'm just going to tell her not to clean my bedroom. And you kids just hang out in there until, um, she's done, which is ours, you know, and they weren't crazy about that, but it, it is what it is. And we just had to do what we had to do. But, you know, knowing that I don't want to lose her, I don't want to be somebody who calls her every once in a while. I want to be on the schedule motivates me even when it's not convenient. Cause there are times on a Wednesday where I go, Oh no, it's tomorrow but I'm super motivated to make it happen anyway. Okay. So it isn't convenient. I talked about this earlier, but it is not a way for me to work less. I work more, you know, and I usually work frantically because of this. Um, and there might be occasions like today when I shove a bag of cans of soup that my mother-in-law had given me when we moved out of her house. Um, and I was, I was trying to have a, a blogging meeting thing, um, with some people. And I was in this back room and she had already started cleaning in the kitchen. 
And I was like, oh my goodness, I forgot that this bag full of cans of soup is in here. I'm going to go. So I just stuck it on the shoe shelf. You know what I mean? It's just like that, that was just the reality of my morning. Um, it's not lasting. It really doesn't. I mean, I have a post that somebody sent me. It was an email that they sent just talking about how I, I believe this person has somebody come in at least once a week, maybe twice a week. And, you know, just the realities of that, that it does not last. It doesn't. I mean, here's, here's the thing too, you know, I, because of getting to the store and y'all know that things have been crazy for us lately with my father-in-law's death and all that. Um, I was, I have been out of ground beef forever. Well, when was I able to get to the store on Wednesday, which was yesterday and couldn't make anything last night. I mean, couldn't take the time to do that last night. So when am I going to have to cook 14 pounds of ground beef tonight, right after she cleaned my kitchen? Like my kitchen is at its very cleanest right now. And I'm about to cook 14 pounds of ground beef. The reason I cook 14 pounds at one time is so that it's one big mess instead of a mess every single night. But I'm having that one big mess be now when, you know, it's only been perfectly clean for, it'll only have been perfectly clean for like four hours, you know, so that's frustrating and irritating that that's just the reality of how that works. It does not last life happens, but I can clean it up and there's so much of a cleaner base level. Does that make sense? You know, like I can clean up for a party and know that there aren't cobwebs that have been missed for the last six months or something. You know, like I know for sure that that stuff has been done at some point. And so it's like, it's easier to get it back to being clean and picked up, you know, pick it up, wipe it down and it's back to clean, but it does not mean that it stays clean. It just does not last. And it's, it's really depressing in that way. But anyway, um, Here's something else that it's not something I'm willing to give up. I mean, obviously if I had to, I would give it up. It's not that big of a deal, but I have experienced the same thing that pretty much everybody I know who's ever hired someone to clean has experienced. And that is, I have had so many people say to me, I would give up cable or whatever it is that they have before I gave her up. I would give up eating out on the weekends before I gave up somebody coming in and cleaning every other week. I would give up this, that, or the other. I'm not willing to give her up. Okay. I am very, very thankful for it. And even though it's inconvenient, even though it doesn't last, even though I clean more than I ever did before, it's worth the money to me. Okay. And that leads me into the whole money issue. Now I'm frugal. I was born frugal. Um, I have a podcast, I believe it's called frugality and my clutter problems or something like that. I'll try to link to it in the show notes. I am sometimes frugal to the point of it hurting me. 
like to my own detriment. You know, for example, going to shop at the store and I'm already in there and I've gotten every single thing I need for this week. Like I am going to be done with grocery shopping, which I don't love grocery shopping. But the one ingredient that I need, I look at and it's not on sale and it's like 50% more expensive than what I thought I was going to be paying for that. What I know I've paid before when some, when it was on sale somewhere else and I just won't buy it. And then I have everything I need for the week, except the one ingredient that was going to allow me to make the thing that was on my menu plan that I had everything else for. That's where my frugality gets me into trouble. And other ways that my frugality has gotten me into trouble is um, thinking that I should have something just because it's such a great deal. And bringing those things into my house because it was such a good deal. I couldn't pass it up. Maybe I'll need it someday and I'll be so glad I had it. And I will have only paid $2 instead of $70. And then won't I be happy except that my house became this huge cluttered um, area. And so as that kind of stuff started to change, as I had to go through the actual physical effort and sometimes pain of getting things out of my house that I once bought because I thought I was being smart and frugal. As that whole general frugality mindset has changed, I'm not not frugal, okay? Like, I will always be frugal. I'm super cheap. But it's it's made me see things differently. It's made me take a breath and go, I'm going to buy this ingredient right now because it is worth the $1.50 to me because usually that's about as much as we're talking about when we're talking about this kind of situation. I'm going to, it's worth a dollar 50 to me to not have to run to another store. It's worth a dollar 50 to me to avoid being so frustrated that I didn't go ahead and buy it when I'm cooking. And some of this comes with age and having experienced so many different times of being frustrated over something like that and saying, okay, and, and here's another way I look at it. I'm like, would I pay, let's say I needed to make this meal and I needed this ingredient right now, would I pay someone $1.50 to go get it for me? Generally, the answer would be yes. And so changing that type of mentality for me has changed how I view a lot of these kinds of things. My mother, I love my mother, and I think she's been listening to some of my podcasts. So hi, mom. Um, she when I was growing up, the word convenience was a bad word, that and preservatives, like, you know, everything was convenience. And I remember specifically her talking about buying a whole chicken. Like it just drove her bananas that people bought skinless, boneless chicken breasts, instead of just buying the whole chicken and cutting it up themselves. Okay, because they're just paying for convenience. That's all they're doing. They're paying for convenience. Another thing um, was grated cheese. She could not even handle the thought of somebody buying grated cheese. I remember because I remember there were this very specifically. It was one of those times where as a Girl Scout troop, she was our Girl Scout leader. We went to the grocery store and we were going to make this meal for a camp out or something. And one of the girls picked up grated cheese. And my mom was like, 
ugh, I mean, just horrified at the thought of pre-grated cheese. Now, I know some people have reasons that they put blah, blah, blah in there or whatever. I don't know. But her reason was the that you are paying for convenience, which honestly now, I think it costs the same to get graded as it does ungraded. But anyway, but this was back in the 80s. So she was just like, they're paying for convenience. And so that was the mentality I had growing paying for convenience. Who does that? Suckers. Only suckers do that. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That was my mentality. Well, I um, want to tell you a little story about that same mother, same mother, okay, who, by the way, has been hiring someone to clean her house since my brother graduated from college, probably in 90. 93 or 94. So, you know, we're talking like close to, is that 25 years or 15 years? I have no idea. I think it might be 25. Anyway, 24, 23, whatever. A really long time, probably about at least 20 years. She's been paying for somebody to come clean her house because she just went, oh, that would be really nice. And that was part of, you know, when my, I think my brother lived with them for about six months after college when he was traveling a lot for work. And she was like, okay, well you can live here, but you get, um, I think he paid him rent. And she was like, I'm going to use that for a cleaning person. That was her thing. She was going to use that money for that. And then she's never changed that. You know, I mean, that's, she will not give that up. Um, and she says all the same, you know, she who doesn't struggle with the daily stuff like I do says all the same things about how it forces her to pick everything up, how it forces her to get under things under control. Anyway, so this same mother, I was spending the night at their house. Um, we had a swim meet up in, uh, where they live and my parents and where my in-laws, um, lived is like 10 minutes from each other. Okay. And so we had left our dog at my in-laws house and that was when we were helping them clean things out, um, get ready for the move. And, um, I was staying with my mother-in-law so I could help there. And my husband and the kids were staying with my parents. And then one night we switched. Well, we switched not thinking, Oh, all of my clothes are back at the other house. So I was like, oh, great. So anyway, I said, hey, um, does dad have a t-shirt that I could sleep in for tonight? And my mom goes and brings out, I'm not kidding y'all, a t-shirt. This is a t-shirt. This is like a t-shirt from the family reunion. I'm not talking about some fancy expensive t-shirt. I'm talking about the t-shirt. Everybody give me $15 and I'll have these printed for the family reunion. Okay. That was on a hanger from the dry cleaner. My mother had taken, I mean, individually wrapped, had taken a t-shirt of my dad's to the dry cleaner. This is the same woman who scorned grated cheese and boneless, skinless chicken breasts. Um, you know why I, I believe me, I have made fun of her very, very much over this subject. And thankfully she's good natured, but she's just like, they just do a better job and they last longer and you know, they can afford it now, I guess, cause they don't have kids taking all their money. I, I mean, it, it's like, you, over time, this same person had changed her perspective and said, I would rather pay somebody and know that this t-shirt 
is going to last longer. I mean, seriously, I personally, the t-shirt thing, it makes me roll my eyes like a good daughter does, you know, over stuff like that. I mean, really, I just am like, really, mom, a t-shirt, really, whatever. Um, but that right there to me is such an example of it's okay to redefine what you what you see as value. You know, I mean, there have most of the years of my life, I could not justify um, paying someone to clean. But I've made it a priority in our budget. And I've said, this is something that, that is that important to me. I am getting what I pay for and I'm paying something that I technically do not have to pay for. It's not a, you know, it's not my light bill. It's not, you know, whatever. It's, it's something that is honestly just kind of a perk and a luxury, but it's worth it to me because I like the benefit and that becomes worth it to me. Okay. So that's a frugality mindset change that I've had. Now I'm going to say something that is sort of related, but not, and this is some great advice that I heard, um, another blogger say, um, I believe it was the nester, but I never heard anybody put it this way, but if you're listening to this and you are rolling your eyes and you were just like, yeah, if I could afford it, which I mean, oh my goodness, I have been there and I totally understand. But I also, my purpose in this podcast is for you to, to understand the reality, to understand that saying, well, if I had somebody come clean, then this wouldn't be that hard. That's not true. So if you can't afford to have someone clean, go ahead and clean it yourself. That's what I had to do. That was me. I used to say, well, if I had this, then I wouldn't have to do as much. Well, I did. I mean, and now I know for sure that I just wasn't doing anything. And I mean, I was doing something, but I just was doing it all wrong. But does that make sense what I'm saying? Okay. But here's, here's a little thing. If talk of an expense, that's not an absolute necessity, which this is not in any way a necessity, um, makes you just sad and you just are in a situation, maybe you have little kids or whatever. I I read the nester one time. I think somebody had been asking her about blogging specifically. They wanted to blog to make money. Um, and she was like, yeah, that's, it's, it's kind of a hit or miss thing. You put in a lot and lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of hours before you ever actually make a dime. Um, but she said one of the, she just advised, she said, if, if you want to earn money, she goes, she said, start couponing. And I went, that is such great advice because that is what I did. That's what I did before I did this blogging stuff. I couponed like a maniac. And by doing that, I mean, I cut our grocery budget in half. And so that was basically like earning an extra amount of money every month, you know? So it was, it was like, I just think that was great. You know, as far as if you're going to put your time into something, if you want to put time in on your own terms, you know, which is the appeal of blogging, if you want to put time in on your own terms and actually earn money back for that, she's like couponing, couponing is a much better way to do that. Does that make sense? I just repeated that because I'd said it funny. Um, okay. Let's see here. Oh, something else really quick. Just a little clarifier about my podcast two weeks ago. Somebody said something. When I said stay in your lane, even though you see like a car chase coming up behind you, I think I said something about police lights. Um, If there's emergency vehicles, yes, you're supposed to get over to the side. I don't want anybody to break the law because of me. 
What I meant though, is if people are weaving in and out and doing a chase and going crazy behind me, which happens to me every single time I drive through Dallas, I mean, there are crazy people on the roads. It's smarter to stay in your lane at the same rate instead of trying to get out of their way. Does that make sense? But emergency vehicles, of course, yes, you get out of the way. Okay. All right. I'm done. You can stop listening unless you really are my friend. And then I'm going to tell you something and it's not even for right now, but if you are listening to this late, I know this is going out on the 14th. Um, if you are listening to it on the 20th through the 27th of September, 2017, I need you to go vote for me on something. Um, you know, because I've mentioned it many times that Jamie Ivy is like my very favorite podcast. It's called the happy hour. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Anyway. And they're doing this contest. Um, to basically go on a trip to Guatemala with this jewelry making company that really gets to see how, you know, this business is being run in a way to try to, um, you know, help poverty by giving people jobs. And I mean, it just one of those things that just makes my heart go, Oh, that's so cool. And I'm so fascinated by that kind of stuff. Um, but it's also with Jamie Ivy and with some other, um, people and kind of with the idea that we're going to business mastermind while we're doing that. And, Anyway, I really want to go. And so I'm going to be entering that. And so I will have links in next week's, um, on the site next week for you to go and vote for me. If you feel like being nice. And it's, I think it's a video every day that I'll do for the 20th through the 27th. So if you can do that, I would just greatly appreciate it. Um, and that's really only for those of you who are listening either late or you're listening to it now. And you're such a wonderful friend that you are like going to put it on your calendar um, to go vote for Dana's video every single day, the 20th through the 27th. I would really appreciate that. Okay. All right. I am done. And I know I have blathered on for a very, very, very long time today. And I'm kind of sorry about that. Um, oh, wow. This is a long one. Okay. I will talk to you guys later. I'm sure I've said something wrong or offensive or whatever. And if I did, I'm so sorry, but I will talk to you guys next week. Bye.